0: This is this is the In the Black podcast. In you know the Black, bro. <laughs> and it's down one of the best this podcasts is. I ever heard, though. I like
1: Man, so. You know, my one of my homies is asking. I was just busting out laughing reading some stupid shit that you put on your page, and somebody, yes, yes, Elden, your your dumbass page. So, <laughs> one of the homies asked me, said, uh, "Is that one of your friends that you're talking to?" I said, yeah, I, "I guess." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know on, if I'm really kicking Thursday's about 8 30. Yeah. <laughs> usually, 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 that motherfucker is my nemesis, is what I, <laughs> <so> I <know laughs> really nemesis. I was like, yeah, you got to keep your friends closer, your enemies closer. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, <laughs> you Lex Luthor. Man. No, no joke. No joke. <laughs> so, Phil, man, I know that your, your clown ass, this must be you, because I just saw a video the other day, or an article the other day, about your man. um... Kanye throwing his damn Grammy in the toilet and urinating on it. I said that sounds like some artistically ridiculous shit to be doing. So I said I know Phil's all, all on top of that shit. Man, was with been, your
2: hands, dog. Look, look, look. No, that, that's your people's. Cause I've over. Eddie,
1: Eddie said that the contract yo, was uh,
2: was to slavery. And I'm like, didn't this isn't look, this the same difference now, that slavery was the choice? So you've been sitting here being come on, my guy. Well he, he he tweeted that again too, not not long before that. But uh not that I don't disagree with him about the contracts from universal and the and all that bull, but you know, um You know, I've been done with the stunts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, urinating on your Grammy and all that stuff. And I'm like, come on, brother. You're a father of two, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, get together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, get like connections, boy. I'm like, you have a little, you have a little black, you have a little black boy that's watching you, man. You know what I'm saying? So you I'm car, like,
3: that get you every time.
2: That's all I think about. I, I just feel sorry for the kids. Yeah, I, I think
3: Ray J, Ray J. might be the only one who didn't get caught up. Ah, he got no bullets, away. Right? He got, he died. Yeah, he, he dies a
2: bullet, bullet. <laughs> and, and, became, and, became a, and became a man of industry. And made buckets, became <laughs> <Gave laughs> a man of industry for
1: real. Yeah. So check it out, man. So you know, I was posting earlier today, man. I woke up this morning, yeah, and I looked in. the mirror you woke up this morning. Amen to that. Amen, to that. Amen no to bad. that. Amen to that. Because there's some people no. who didn't wake up today. Go ahead. You right. You no right bad. about that. No. You no. right about that. But I looked in the mirror, my guy, and. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ooh, thank god this is alive! i love this i love this live i love this live. I,
1: I i got some shells with your name on it my boy, guy boy, no,
2: no chance to edit nothing
1: i got some shells with the name Damn. on it bro <laughs> <laughs> you want to see me like why is why is oh going to the trunk of his car mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, hell me. nah but seriously man i looked in the mirror this morning and i saw my dad staring right back at me my guy And it made me feel some sort of way. So, of course, I asked our folks, what's been the most revealing part about getting older for you? And I think to a T, everybody was like, that your body aches when you don't think it's supposed to be aching. One dude said that I'm looking at my dad the past 10 years. I've been staring at my dad's face in the mirror, too. One one homie, shout out to my man OJ. He said, I don't last as long in the bed anymore. I hate being in my forties. He must be single. Go ahead. I think excuse me,
3: <laughs>
0: you know what
3: What what would what, you say? I said OJ must be single,
1: bro. Why, why, why did you come to how did you come to that conclusion, to...
3: Because as someone who has a mate, you want to do all that you can to... Make sure that you are lasting and pleasing your partner, but, but maybe again, his his partner might only want that good thirty second. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> you,
0: <laughs> you couldn't get that dude a minute.
3: You said
1: thirty seconds. <laughs> Come on, my guy.
0: That's,
3: that's the, game, the, game is, the game is different out here, that, bro. That's
1: disrespectful, my guy. Folks are
3: getting shit on, and you know, it's just, just, <laughs> just the game is different. Uh, bro. It's, it's different out here these days. Callbacks. I mean,
2: oh, lord. Uh, Call back to old.
1: When I I told you that you were the worst, I meant it with all of my heart.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm consistent, bro. It's okay. Shout out to OJ, bro.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Yes. Welcome, welcome.
3: Moss OJ CMOS, bro.
1: (laughs) We'll put that in the description of the show. Man, listen. Just in case you wanted. (laughs) welcome 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 what's up what's up what is up back once again it is the incredible in the black podcast and in case you want to wear this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who know that the clippers should not have lost to the goddamn nuggets okay i am your host big o mr in the black himself and we've got a lot to cover in this conversation tonight but of course you know i can't do this alone crush say what's up
2: what's good everybody
1: nemesis say what's up you
2: (laughs) what's good (laughs)
1: and please check us out or follow us across all social media platforms at in the black PDCST. and if you're checking this out on youtube make sure to hit that thumbs up button it really helps out a lot and make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next episode but before we get into all of that boogie please tell these good folks what's up man yeah why don't you go on
3: ease on down ease on down to www.intheblackpodcast.com man take a look at our website man and it's important that you click in the right hand corner become a member of the family tab please we are doing great work man but as often as when somebody is trying to build something from the ground up as we're doing here we need assistance man so feel free to become a member you got patreon you can buy swag Uh, We take a little bit of everything. If you just want to donate, hit the donate. Dollar sign in the black P-T-C-S-T. In the black P-D-C-S-T. Send us some loot.
1: No doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Um, This week, we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes of the show, man. We're going to talk about... Actually, I had a... Friend, so we're going through the black box letter and I apologize. I got a message from okay. one of our, I'm sorry. Can That's you okay, ever bro. can you Let's ever go. just let me
3: be me? I'll be encouraging you, brother. Dark skinned folks need encouragement
1: more and more That's these mother. days. Bro. This week's black box letter actually was a message that I got from one of our listeners, man. And uh, his name is Lawrence. Lawrence says, hey, guys, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but Dak Prescott did an interview where he was talking about the anxiety he's been facing Mm -hmm. since the suicide. I had no clue. I thought it was brave of him to even come out and share that. The unfortunate part is that even opening up about it all, there were people calling him soft and trying to tear him down for it. I know that it shouldn't be shocking, but it's all still troublesome. Did you see it? And what did you think? So last week, which happened to be suicide awareness week, which started on the sixth and ended on Mm -hmm. September 12th, I believe, uh, Dak Prescott released an interview that he had done. And Dak Prescott is the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He sat, did a sit down with, uh, Graham Benzinger. And in the interview, he covered a lot of things, but the most pointable things that he covered actually was talking about his mother's battle with colon cancer and his brother's untimely, or I guess his brother's suicide. Um, He said throughout the quarantine, he had begun experiencing anxiety and depression in the days before his brother's suicide. And he talked about the pain and anguish that he's felt ever since. And he talked about the process of not being able to... uh, work through the new emotions that he had during this process and how he since lost sleep and hadn't been able to sleep at all during this period because everything was just falling on him Mm -hmm. Um, i didn't know that he was going through what he was going through and i'm not saying that we should know i mean at this stage and i think we spoke about it last week on the show too we live in an age now where uh where we assume that our entertainers all of their life is on front street for us to consume yeah, 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 um but when i heard about it specifically about his mom battling cancer and then ultimately the suicide of his brother it hit me some sort of way and it wasn't just because of the events of it all but Him articulating how difficult it was for him to put this into words and to be able to deal with the emotions. I know that Elle and I, we've had this conversation before about being able to confide in people and having a sounding board, even if it means just finding someone that's not going to have a conversation or converse with you, but someone that's just going to sit and listen. Sure. And it's a learning process, man. And I am proud of him for being brave enough, not only to be able to seek the help that he needs or that he's needed, but also brave enough to be able to speak about it because through his testimony, hopefully he'll be able to teach other people what to expect and to know that, Hey, he's gone through it. He was able to see himself on the opposite side, even if he's still climbing through it and that it's possible for them to do the same thing. What do you guys think, man?
2: Um, it was definitely a very, uh, very brave thing he did, um, and we you know, we all we can only imagine how difficult it must have been to even, you know, process what he was already going through, and then to uh, be bold enough to uh, express it is something that you know is needed, you know, uh, especially in this time um, when uh, when he, when the emotions are so fragile. Um, so he, I think he uh, he exhibited a tremendous amount of strength.
1: Go ahead, L.
3: Let me start. I'd be remiss if I didn't start off by saying, uh, "Fuck the Cowboys." Uh, that would be
2: <laughs> you crazy. Could, you could. The NFL is <laughs> on for barely how long? I know. This is barely with no preseason. Jeez. Fuck the Cowboys, bro. Uh, uh,
3: but let's let's talk about what he. Stated, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan. I don't like him. I don't like him as a player. But what he said um, is hopefully a growing trend amongst um, black men, because we need to begin to talk more about our struggles in mental health areas. We saw the same thing with Paul George during the playoffs before, you know, he didn't show up for the game and they lost games and all that type of shit. But he came out and said how he was suffering from depression in the midst of being in the pandemic. Uh, I, for one, have always felt like Black people in general tend to suffer from a variety of mental illness, uh, whether it be post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic slave disorder. It can be any of those things. But I applaud him for doing it. Now, here's the thing. If I'm Dak Prescott, man, if I'm any motherfucking celebrity nowadays, I'm keeping most of my personal shit to myself because the same dudes who will... Uh, applaud you and lift you up in the midst of you playing a game will slaughter you when some real life shit happens such as you battling with mental illness so skip trash ash bayless you know he takes any opportunity to uh put something out that is just clout chasey type shit that he just put something out there that wants to draw people in. You know, he always has some slanderous shit to say about LeBron. Some old off the wall extra shit. Even real LeBron haters wouldn't even say some of the shit that Skip says. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for him to that come out and slander Dax and, you know, call into question Dax manhood essentially, yeah. I think it is yeah. it's trash uh disrespectful but i'll I'll applaud dax for this man because again i don't know if too many black men who will well let me say this i've been to therapy i've been in therapy Mm. therapy not only saved my life but probably saved a lot of y'all motherfuckers too uh because of the space that i was in because you know it's some shit that i had to, to go sit on the couch and talk to a little skinny white dude about uh
1: and it helped. How did you feel walking into it? I think that's
0: probably I felt the biggest thing. a lot of people I
3: was pissed off because I felt like my manhood was being assaulted because I felt like because I've been conditioned. Oh, 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 oh. You weren't what? were you forced into doing it? Well, let me let me I, I'm going to tell you. Okay. I wasn't yes in in ways I was forced into it because of where I was with my behavior at that time. I was displaying all the different types of angry violent tendencies so people who around me who cared for me was on some like yo you need to get this shit checked out or we checking out uh type wow. of stuff wow. so for me the manhood component was the fact that i've been conditioned as a black man to feel like i can carry the weight of the world on my shoulders uh that every problem that i face Internally, I am not only the solution to my own problems, but in many circles nowadays, not only are Black men the problem, we also supposed to be the ones that fix our own shit, which is okay. fascinating to me that I am not only the problem, but I'm also my own motherfucking solution. Yes. That don't make no damn sense. Uh, but I applaud brothers, Black men, to find themselves in difficult spaces, to have a inner circle who are going to say hey how you doing and not ha- allow you to give me some bullshit well i'm okay nah bro how are you doing and let's unpack mm. that all right uh, everybody who's in my circle that is, is close to me knows when i ask you how i'm doing if you give me some okay shit, i'm probably gonna cut you out and then wait for you to tell me how you are actually doing but i applaud dak for this man it was a
1: big move on his part yeah I think one of the most interesting parts about this, like I said, we've had these conversations or similar conversations before. I remember we were just talking randomly, I think maybe a show or two ago, and I was just talking to you about how when I was unemployed for almost two years, my wife was unemployed for almost two years, how nobody in my family knew. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my siblings. We didn't tell her parents or her, her siblings. Nobody. And I don't know necessarily if, necessarily if, I don't think we, we didn't have that conversation like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. It just ended up being that way, right? And mm-hmm. my wife did ask me during that process at one point, are you gonna tell our parents? I said, nope, I'm not telling a motherfucking soul. And I remember telling you that and you were like, why the hell didn't you tell somebody? And I was like, I just, it felt like. No answer. I no answer for it. Well, I, no, I, like I, in the I, moment, like going through it, like I felt like a complete and utter failure. And I did not want that shame or embarrassment or the extension of whatever you want to call it. I did not want those. I didn't want to feel those emotions. It makes perfect mention, sense,
3: bro.
1: Not to mention that uh, it's, it's, maybe it's, I don't know if it's just me. I would assume that it's not just me, but I've always grown up being told that a man is supposed to handle his problems in silence. Get it done and get it over with. It's not about conversing. It's not about sharing your feelings. I will never forget this moment, man. I think it was, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it was maybe like a couple of weeks after I had married my wife and my mom told me, she said, I want you to remember a woman doesn't want somebody who a man that's going to be a complainer or a whiner or somebody who's going to be into all of that. Now, mind you, she comes from a different generation. It's not no, like no, I. No, no, I dig it. We're not going to talk bad about you, your mom. You know, because she'll, she'll fight you and me. Oh, I know. I'm scared <laughs> of her and your wife. Uh, so. But the fact that she told me, like, things like that sat in my head. You know what I mean? And I know that a lot of people, and I'm just talking about from my perspective, talk less about you. I think he lost his mother, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and sure. he lost his brother. And to think about all the emotions that he's going through, because I know part of what he was saying was his brother dealt with or had a front row seat with dealing with his mom as she went through that process, going through chemo and all of that. And he was just trying to focus on football and how bad he felt about the weight that his brother had to carry. And maybe if he was able to carry some of that weight, maybe his brother wouldn't have like all of that sitting on your shoulders and on your head. Is like, I can only imagine man. I can only
2: imagine. Go ahead, Crush. I know you wanted to jump in and say something. Yeah, because I mean, I you know, I I've I've definitely felt you know um, that way, and and uh, I think at the core of the despair that I felt in my life was the um, underlying concern or ideal that I do not want my burden to be anyone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not want to put anyone else. Through what I'm going through, they don't deserve that. I I I love them too much for that. that isn't that that's what the, I told you, what, Isn't you that what, what I said to I, you when we had I, that conversation? I, I, this isn't a burden I want to share. But you know, but but in, but that in truth, you're denying the very essence of what love it, and, and, and what the very essence of what love and friendship is, and you're kind of smacking your friends in the face you're
3: kicking them right in the balls to be honest yeah
2: with you. for real because like they're gonna mm-hmm. I mean they're, 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 they have every right to be mad at you for feeling like you want to end your life why man because I want to be here I, I want you in this life motherfucker.
3: Bro, I don't even it, yeah. not even just to end, to end your life but if you going through some stuff in your life period some hard shit that you just can't carry alone yeah.
1: is, is, and, is, is, you, there, is,
3: and I find out about it I'm like hold on time I first I'm gonna try to meet your need. I'm gonna try to walk you through the process. I'm gonna try to help you out this, as much as I possibly can. I'm gonna check on you. I'm gonna walk you through all this joint, but the whole time, just know, I'm like, yo, listen, motherfucker, I this mean, is I mean, not all what that, we
2: do. Yeah, all this, we all this, all this extra, t- all this, all be extra, extra tough about life. I mean, nah, man, you can't, you can't be that tough about life, bro, because mm. life will beat you into the earth, and then, and then we'll wonder what happened. Yeah. anyone know what happened you know what i'm saying like i've
1: been there but we wondered what happened but we can't dispute the fact that this this methodology this way of thinking is almost in its totality conditioning and conditioning is hard as shit to break when this is all you've heard or what you've dealt with or how you've been raised and reared to all of a sudden do a 180 i I, I mean no no i dig it you, but the you know
3: what thing I mean? is, we as, a, as as men, and we're talking about Black men at the moment, Yeah, we as Black men have to begin to do the work, the necessary work to address underlying conditioning and trauma that we've experienced in our childhoods, from previous relationships, and we have got to be honest about the shit that we are dealing with, man. But we have been conditioned, again, to simply work our way through it through it and bro, yeah. hey, you can't walk, walk it walk off away from trauma you can't walk, walk, it walk, off. Away, walk trauma off trauma will eat you and take your ass alive by 50 you know what i'm saying
1: it, it, it will give you all bruh it's not a game and we play too much with that shit let me ask you a question man some of the backlash that he's gotten where do you think that stems from do you think that it's necessarily just a generational thing or do you think that it is a soci- societal conditioning that's causing people to be like, you know, this
3: shit or whatever? I think it's a number of components. For one, we view football players as gladiators, real life gladiators that these folks should be able to. T- we, part of our appeal for football is the big hits to see people get hit to the point of injury. So we actually spend time up to three hours per game to watch people hit each other as hard as possible for them to get hit and hurt. So we have this mentality that football players are superhuman esque in what they endure. We have remo- removed a human element to it. So it's that. Then it's also the, the manhood, masculinity type shit. And that's what I would call toxic masculinity. That shit right there is toxic. Where we hold on to these notions that we as men, because we got a penis and two balls, we're able to somehow navigate our ways through the inner workings of some old difficult, dark shit. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Every time we turn around, one of us, Black men are laying dead in the streets. People are rioting and revolting. And you think motherfuckers is not depressed? Like, um, and, and yeah. then the generational component.
2: Yeah.
3: Bro, It's too many layers to that shit just to be trying to do it by yourself. That's why people, football players, have such a high rate of what? Drug use, yeah. pills. Gosh. And then they take that violence that they practice every day and then can't turn it off. Then you add trauma on top of it. Then you add on drugs and alcohol. You got a fucking walking cocktail
1: full of violence. And you wonder why they slapping people around that they love. It's one of the reasons why people, uh, former military people that have seen combat have that same tendency as well. It's a, it's a, it's it's a tough tragic world, man. man. Yeah, it's a tough world. Um, on a yearly basis, over forty-eight thousand people die, more than forty-eight thousand people die by suicide or from suicide. Um that's that's more than probably that's I think that's more than um drunk driving and a whole bunch of other statistics as well. So suicide and suicide watch and suicide awareness is extremely important. Uh for anyone else that's interested in mental health issues or experiencing problems. Visit the National Institute of Mental Health, their website. Uh, for those that need immediate help, we want to give you this number to call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Help is out there. Help is there if you need it. So, I want to also thank Lawrence, actually, for sending Shout that. Shout out to Larry okay. for sending us that joint, man. Appreciate you, just, you bro. Just can't, you just couldn't call him Lawrence and call it? Nope. Larry. Shout out to Lawrence for uh, (laughs) for sending in the message. We really appreciate it. And because we appreciate you sending in the message, man, we're going to send you an In the Black Podcast t shirt. And if you want to get your comments and emails or messages shared on the show, please send us an email to InTheBlackPodcast at gmail.com. Crush, why don't you go ahead and take it over, man?
2: All right, no doubt. Well, a very interesting article came out back on September 9th uh, concerning. A uh, new sense of urgency that a scholar strike uh, has taken um, concerning a move that uh, Trump made for basically to ban or uh, stop all federal uh, training and federal agencies on uh, white privilege and critical race theory. Now, the Skull Strike is basically a labor strike that was started by Anthea Butler, a professor from the University of Pennsylvania, and Kevin Gannon, a history, uh, a history professor at the Grandview University. Uh, they're more or less a, a strike that aligns with BLM, and uh, they've been working towards uh, you know, providing educational, um, uh, educational uh, motivations in, uh, videos and videos Twitter, and Twitter threads around uh, race issues um, in support of BLM and other efforts. Um, but when uh, Trump started circulating this uh, this uh, this, uh, this letter, uh, basically banning critical race theory, um, they pretty much uh, took on a different sense of urgency and, and started to urge um, their colleagues to uh, you know to, to fight to, uh, to fight to fight back against this. And they have signed up about five thousand people so far for the strike. And uh, you know I just would like to see what you guys think about uh, how bold uh, Trump uh, Trump had to be to uh, to literally uh, call. Critical race theory, uh American, anti-American propaganda.
1: Go ahead, crush, because I know how I mean go ahead, uh Boogie, because I know how much you hate uh you man. So. all right. Well, let me start out like I started out the last second. <laughs> right. and shout out to the educators, because they're
3: they,
2: they're mad as hell. <laughs> yeah, no bullshit.
3: Fuck uh, Donald Trump. Uh well, I, 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 I don't what know what can you say. Uh, but th- this is the thing that I want to offer the backdrop on this particularly when it comes to critical race theory. Critical race theory and white evangelicalism has been in an all-out war for probably the past 10 years because white evangelicals feel as though critical race theory takes away from the so-called gospel. So by saying... Back,
2: back,
1: back, what? All right, come on. Back, back up. How does... How does that, how do they, how do they theorize that? How do they link, how do they square that hole or whatever they call it? it Because in
3: most, most Orthodox Christian white evangelicals, the notion is sin is the root and foundation of every ill in the world, including racism, any ism sin is the foundation. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in Evangelicals, most Orthodox Christians believe that the only solution to said issue, sin, would be what? Repentance? Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay. Okay. So critical race theorists come in and they believe that of a thing called racial realism. Or the permanence of racism. Shout out to the late, great doctor uh Derek Bell, also known as the father of critical yeah. race theory. He came up with the concept of the permanence of racism, meaning racism is not going to go anywhere because it is not a moral or a spiritual issue, it's a foundational issue, meaning It is buried in the very fiber of the the country. So in order to get rid of it, essentially, you would have to literally get rid of the whole country. So white evangelicals believe that Mm. critical race theory is an attack upon the church, attack upon the gospel. So when Donald Trump comes through and he makes these declarations right around election time, who is he catering to at this moment? He's catering to his base. Who is his base? White evangelicals, white Christians, the forwards of the world, all of these white megachurch pastors, that is his base. He is literally trying to get his base riled up in order to push for re-election in November. Mm. So here's the thing. I have all types of issues with the 1619 thing that they have put up. I am a proponent of critical race theory. I hold Derrick Bell in the highest of regards because I believe what he teaches is a very fundamental, basic approach to what racism is.
1: Hold on. Because- I want to make sure I was, I'm clear on what you just said. You, you said sure. you have issues with the 1619 Project?
3: yeah I, I i won't dig too deep into that because that's be another show but that's fine that's Go ahead. Show. yeah uh i applaud the work that the effort they're trying to put in yeah, though yeah, I, yeah. i'll do that uh but i just think it's this is bigger than just critical race theory uh 1619 white privilege being teach, diversity all those things being t- taught in the workforce this is another form of assault on folks who are standing up for blackness very similar to what we saw during the civil rights movement. Yeah. The president then was doing the same thing. This is standard operating procedure when black folks begin to rebel and revolt against white supremacy. Everyone should see it clearly Is that. Uh, it's some bullshit. And again, to reiterate what I said being when I first started, fuck Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> I, I think that we would be remiss if, we didn't fall back or at least pay close attention to the the crux of his argument. He said that teaching this, and I don't think there was really too much delineation in whether it was teaching, having diversity training or specifically about white privilege. But ultimately he said that this was un-American. It was un-American to teach the dominant class I, I don't I use that term loosely. No, no, no. We class we in this in this culture, that they have a privilege or have these issues that they need to be worked out. So somehow, black people, other people of color looking for just to have their humanity recognized, are somehow not American. And yes. I I don't I think one of the biggest parts about that whole argument is that. There are a lot of people that subscribe to that, and they probably—I don't. Sure, I know what I, was, I know what mm-hmm. you're going to say. I don't know how I loose. I don't know how they if they know how loose they they subscribe to it. Like when you hear that, and sure. it doesn't make you flinch to think that there are a group of people that are telling you that you have offended me. We'll just use offended. We're not going to use. Well, we're not going go to
3: water down exactly. exactly. Yeah,
1: and yeah. for you to tell them. That their your offense to them doesn't mean anything. I think that, that says volume that speaks volumes, man. Sure. That speaks volumes. People that have served this country, that pay taxes like anybody else, that do that are the fabric of this country somehow are un-American for asking for their humanity to be recognized. I don't think we can underscore that any more than we
2: have. Yeah. He, 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 expo- he, he exposed his entire soul right there. Um, you know, to the to uh deny any discourse on something that is currently affecting the country that you're supposed to be leading uh you know it's 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 uh it's just you know the the, the disrespect is blatant and the uh, the arrogance is is bone deep um you know uh, i i do hope that these uh these educators can uh, effect some change with this you know bringing the right attention um but yeah I mean, fuck trump Well, I I think part of it that we need to to make sure that we're clear about is that this training
1: is actually training that is provided to federal employees, okay? So what he's threatening to do at this point is to remove monies from these trainings if this white privilege stance is taught during these trainings. And I think ultimately that they want to remove this diversity race training altogether. At least that seems to be the right- Clearly, clearly. Right. Now, the federal government is probably- Federal government workers, I think, only c- account for one point something percent of the population yeah, all very, across the yeah. nation. It's not very large, right? But mm-hmm. then you start to think that he's actually trying to push this type of, and I'll say radical, radical thinking into policy for folks like you and me. And why do I say that? Yep. The 1619 Project is ultimately, in many cases, being taught in high schools and colleges and so on. It forth. is now, Yes. He has threatened to have Betsy DeVos, the head of the Department of Education, to trash, her, also extreme. She's hot dumpster water. Nah. To have, Pure remove, basura. To have her remove funding from schools that implement or Im- impact the 1619 project in their lessons. I think that that can't be understated either. That says a lot. That but, says. But,
2: but, a lot. I mean, the, the the pushback was unbelievable. I was, I they they they. I mean, they were almost. He was almost hot about it. I'm like, you're almost getting emotional about this, yo. And and and. and
3: I think the one thing though is, uh, there hasn't been enough talk about this uh, because no, it is no. an assault. Definitely not on what is taking place across the country, across the world. Where folks are tired of anti-black behavior are standing up. This is literally a fight against black folks rebelling and revolting against white supremacy. He is in, he's being incredibly consistent, though. This is what he's done the whole time he's mm-hmm. in office. He caters, I've never seen a politician but, cater but, better to their base than this dude. But this this move,
2: but this move is almost kind of a, kind of scramble like. Why do you, you say know? that? I mean, to be so, I mean, to, to blatantly threaten, threaten funds for a specific, he didn't even try to, you know, cover it up with some other stuff.
1: But you know, that's not his, kilo, though, yeah. you know, that's not his kilo, though, man. You know, that's not his style, man. And you know what's, so even, he's, what's, he's, what's,
3: he's what's out doing? there doing that. And, and <laughs> the Democratic vice president is out wearing Tim's, and we applauded her for wearing some, I mean, she didn't even have butters on, and folks is going <laughs> crazy that you motherfucker <laughs> had Tim's on. Like, yo. Know, she had the Tim's on that's on the bottom rack in the back of the fucking store. And yeah, y'all giving her yeah, a I mean,
2: they weren't even the, lady Tim's, the worst? You know what I'm saying? They why weren't even
1: the, the lady like, like, You are yeah, the worst. Why are you, why are you the
3: worst? But he's going that and she's doing that. And we going crazy over Tim's when this dude is trying to literally rip any sort of.
1: Y'all excited about fucking Tim's? Literally, Maybe she should have had a hot sauce. And our bag.
3: that would have been the trifecta. No, but you're know, kind
1: of trying man. I think that it's because at this stage, with everything we've been going through with this president, we are grasping at glimpses of normacy, of happiness. Because this dude has let's let's keep it all the way funky. Now it's not like it's something brand new. This dude has really wrecked the way Americans look at America. If at any point we were thinking, if at any point in this country we thought that we were, uh, I guess, on the way to amend, right, I think it was immediately after Obama was elected. And we see how that, that pendulum swung to the opposite end. And now I don't think you've ever seen people, at least probably not since the 50s, this divisive in the country towards one another. And we're talking about at least in the 50s and 60s, that was a racial division. Now we're talking about party and race and gender lines in this country. And I won't say that he was the catalyst of it all. He didn't cause it, but he sure as hell exacerbated that shit. Like, no bullshit. True. I I don't know, man. Again
3: let's reiterate what i stated in the beginning <laughs> we know we said fuck fuck trump we, we,
1: okay yeah. but you gotta say his whole <laughs> name though. okay my brother. Brother. Yeah. Fuck donald trump my, my bad yeah. yeah i, I think person. one of the more uh, another interesting statistic actually is that they said immediately after the death of floyd uh george floyd i think at the end of june they said more americans were likely to say that they supported the protests the black lives matter protests right and to show you how effective donald trump has been in his messaging that those numbers have almost flip-flopped they said yes. that more people are likely to say that the protests are riots and not protests and that they are not inclined to support these riots even though technically let's be let's keep it funky nothing has really changed since since the end of may when george floyd was killed it's not still the, the same time people time. in the streets still yeah. the same i mean anyway yeah I, yeah, I just found that interesting.
3: I don't want anybody to look at any numbers right now. No polls right. on where he is, and particularly where oh, white I evangelicals are. I get you. I get you. I get you. Him. Don't I get do you. it to yourself. Don't, don't even do it. Get some so you don't believe any of the polls right now at all? Oh, I believe it. I believe white evangelicals are going to vote for Donald Trump all over again. They're still at
1: mass. 89%. Yeah, they're still at 89%. And fuck them too. Go ahead. there there goes the last two white misters that we had all right uh l why don't you go ahead <laughs> go ahead and pick it up
3: from there, man. <laughs> uh yeah man uh this story right here man has so many layers to it bro uh, so much to it for months now we have been yelling out for justice for Breonna Taylor uh who was a victim of white police terrorism when white cops ran up into her home with a no-knock warrant. And we know how the story goes from there. Um, the sister lost her life, had her life taken violently. Well, just a couple of days ago, the city of Louisville settled with Breonna Taylor's family in what is being lauded as being a historical settlement. It was a $12 million settlement paid out by the city of Louisville. It is the city of Louisville's largest payout. Now, pay attention to that statement right there. It is their largest payout. You know what that means? There was other motherfucking payouts. The settlement also requires police commanders to approve all search warrants that are submitted to a judge. The city also agreed to hire more mental health experts and pair them with officers who respond to calls. The settlement does not, the settlement does not include an admission of wrongdoing by the city or the police officers in the raid. It does not the proposed reforms treat Brianna's Taylor's death as a tragic mistake instead of being in response to the current state of the criminal justice system. Okay. The police officer who busted into 26 year old ER tech's house and killed her while she was sleeping will not pay a motherfucking penny. In no way, shape or form. Now, again, I'm all for black folks getting the bag. I'm all for us getting our justice. And I'm not in any way, shape or form, my comments right now will not be in any shape or form disparaging towards Breonna Taylor's family as someone who is currently seeking justice for his own family for the death of his own brother. I understand the grief and the tragedy behind such a horrific loss. But these motherfuckers got to pay. This in and of itself is disgusting. It is disgusting. Because here's the thing. The city of Louisville is not paying a motherfucking dime. The city of Louisville came up with a settlement. But you know who's paying the motherfucking settlement? Taxpayers, you motherfuckers who live in Louisville paying
1: that.
3: Some of the very people, the taxpayers who are out there right now protesting, are the very people who are going to be paying for this injustice. Louisville in June increased the police budget from $189 million to $191 million. In June 2020, they increased the police budget. Okay, here's the kicker. Still 49% of the city's budget is devoted to police and corrections. Jesus Christ.
2: 49% of the
3: 49 of the city's percent, budget. Damn near 50% of the city's budget is devoted. And these motherfuckers is just now hiring mental health people? You just now saying that the captain and the commanders have to be
1: involved in search warrants. You are just now doing it. And when I I I had to reiterate that, man, that half, almost half of the budget is spent on policing and keeping people people in in jail. jail, And here's the thing that I wanted people to really pay attention to. This is the city's largest payout by a magnitude of four million. Yeah, they have never paid anything this much before. They've paid out before. This is not the first time
3: Louisville has been in under a microscope where they've had to pay out large. And the fact that Breonna Taylor's murder has to become the most historic. All these media companies coming out say this is a historic settlement. No, motherfucker, this is still a tragedy. Of unseen proportions, man. This
1: shit is disgusting. And I'm I think curious. you need to be specific about it too, man. I think that it's the biggest payout for wrongful death—one for Louisville, and two—that's been paid out to a black person. Okay, for a black victim specifically. Go ahead. I think it's a black person, period, because I don't know any that's other wrongful fine. death that's been that's passed. So cool. Are you sure? No, no. I, I'm I'm agreeing. I, that's, okay. That's a new point, but and the reason why I say that is because not too long ago there was a woman, a white woman in Minnesota, that was killed by a police officer, and her family got over 20 million in wrongful death because of it. Right. So, I think one of the biggest points from this man is that, like Elgin already said, this is not an admission of guilt, no, the criminal suit that. is still. And let's take a step back because I know that there have been a lot of people that have been up in arms about the family taking a settlement. As though the settlement affects the criminal suit, which it does not. It's not, it's not a connection at all. If there's no connection whatsoever. So the city feeling the necessity, and I use that term loosely, the necessity to pay the family what they've paid them has nothing to do with the justice that they're seeking. And they said it during their press conference. They said they wanted to make sure it was very clear whether they gave us 12 million or they gave us 100 million, we want these dudes in jail. And I can't fault them because this payout is not justice for them. I don't know anyone that would look for that type of payout if you knew that you had to lose a loved one to be able to get it. Now, we're sitting here Seven months after the fact, almost. Seven. Yep. And David Cameron, I believe that's his name. Daniel Cameron, I apologize, who's the attorney general for uh Kentucky. This is in his hands right now. But I'm not expecting too much from this young man because it's been in his hands for quite some time. But I will say this. Apparently, they've placed evidence towards a grand jury this week, and apparently they're going to have the results of the grand jury, possibly the beginning or middle of next week. So we'll see what happens from there. But I'm not putting too much into it. I'm not putting too much into it because he's an understudy of Mitch McConnell, who has already come out publicly and said that he did not believe that the police officers did anything wrong and that within the power of what they're supposed to be doing that you know things happen like he really just kind of justified as mm-hmm. tragic as it is justified the murder of this young woman and he's not the only person though oh, no, no, I don't I know that you guys terrible. I know that you guys hate him because I, I listen to him on occasion so I can get the get a look into the mind of a black conservative uh Jason Whitlock. And he's now had he has he has something on you he has something on a new channel now because you know he got let go from Fox not too long ago, but he has something that he's doing and he talked at for almost an hour, basically blaming Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend for her murder. I'm the reason why I'm kind of at a loss for words is because. Jason Whitlock is not the only black person that feels this way. I don't know what to say about it, man. But we we need to figure something out. We need justice to happen for Brianna Taylor and her family. Hopefully, Daniel Cameron will figure this out. Hopefully, the riots in the streets and all these protests will put light of fire under his ass. But I'm not, I'm not holding my breath, man. I'm not holding my it's breath. It's not gonna man. happen. What do you, okay, let's, let's take a step back and let's ask the question, a million dollar question. Do you think that it's going, what do you think the results of the grand jury is going to be? Do you think it's actually going to go to trial or do you think they're going to say, nah, this, this happened in the, you know, what do they call it? Qualified immunity that it's going to just be, you know, chalk it up.
3: I do not think the grand jury will push this and send this to trial. I believe when that news comes out, Louisville will burn.
1: Hmm. What about you, Crush?
2: No, I don't think it's going to trial.
1: You don't think it's going to trial? No. I think that it will go to trial, but like many of these cases, I think... I don't think that there's going to be much effort placed into... into setting the jury properly, into making sure all of the evidence is open and out there, I think I I think that it's is going to be very it's going to be very unusual, and you know, let's keep it all the way funky, man. I thought that many I think many of us thought that when, um, when George Zimmerman went to trial, that that was supposed to be open and shut. Open and shut slammed up. Yeah. I thought that when Eric Garner's uh, case went to trial, I thought that that was supposed to be slammed slammed up. up we had the video for god's
2: sakes video Slim
1: up, Slim up.
2: then the white supremacy was like no i don't know my guy
1: i'm just kind of i'm just kind of at my wit's end at this point man like we're talking about mental health before like we said man i just just watching this and hearing this type of stuff day in and day out, man. It could take it takes a toll, man. Yeah. It, 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 dra- it drains the soul. soul. It drains yeah. the soul. So I man. want people
3: to begin to, to ask some questions when they see these settlements, man. Go to your own city council. Ask them what type of police brutality payout insurance system do they have for their every police department probably has some sort of police brutality insurance yep ask your city how much that is and i'm almost guarantee you that if i knew the data i'm almost guarantee you that louisville's insurance was less than two million dollars now the question has to be asked at that point in time where that other 10 come from where is this money coming from and i'm telling you when you go down that fucking rabbit hole
1: there's a large uh, number of people making money off the back of this nonsense. making oh, millions hell yeah. off of this, mm-hmm. bro. this money. But the banks have to be involved because they somebody has to pay it. Oh, well, these cities are, to- are cities are getting
3: these money from these banks. And these banks are making millions off, off of interest.
1: black bodies dying but the only thing that's going to really change this thing man to be very honest with you and i think we've already alluded to it anyway is to make sure that the funds for these wrongful death suits are coming straight from these police officers pensions and the union dues or these union monies that's the only way this is going to change because when you know that your retirement is at stake if you do the wrong thing or that the funds that you're supposed to be getting in the next year or the year after that to, to fund the police and to operate appropriately is gonna become is gonna be shortened because you filed or had to file too many wrongful death suits or not even just wrongful death. I mean they they make settlements for a bunch of different things where there's oh, yeah. abuse in the streets and all that stuff. So oh yeah I it's think like the sexual assault yeah. all sure. yeah 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 mm-hmm. uh, the fraternal like order of police bruh the Man,
3: the, those, yo, those police unions
2: organization in this Man, country. those police uh, unions are insane. They are insane. They the are funding? the mob with a old legal money
1: army on their side.
3: Old ass Ten money.
1: money.
2: You old ass money.
1: About that, and I—I'm kind of wondering how. I think one of the questions that we need to ask also, and I commend Brianna Taylor's family and Benjamin Crump for forcing policy to be a social. Because this is the first time that that's ever been done. I've never heard of it being done before, and I don't think that if it is done, I don't think it's done commonly, right? Right, right. Forcing policy to be attached to this payout. Now, we can argue all day long about whether the policy is effective or how effective it ultimately will be. But this is the first time I'm seeing it. But one of the things that got me was the fact that they said they're going to now pay police officers or incentivize police officers to live in the communities that they police. You just said that they increased the budget by another 3 million Hello, in June. You. Yeah. And We're now right. you're going to incentivize these same police to live in the communities that they're supposed to be living in anyway. I don't understand how you can live an hour away, 3 towns down and then come and police folks in that in that neighborhood. It didn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. I think Trevor Noah said it best. He's like, it's, the, it's just like having a president governing over a country that he doesn't live in. It doesn't really make any sense. But that was one of the things I did not like about the policies that they put in. I was like, why would you incentivize these police to do that? Because it's normal for them to live wherever the hell they want. I, I don't know. Maybe It's a lot, man. It's a lot. All right, right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom for you to take with yourself into the week. So,
2: crush, what's up, man? Well, I came across something very interesting. Uh, apparently, uh, Seth MacFarlane and Norman Lear and Stephon, uh my man, uh, Stefan Curry are are going to be a uh, yeah are going to be uh, a <laughs> launching, are going to be relaunching an animated version of Good Times. What and yeah, they're going to be real. yeah, they're going to be uh launching a, and a, at the, it's, it's still in, in production apparently and it's going to be on Netflix and they're getting a 10 episode order. Um, I have mixed feelings about this, even though certain people from Boondocks and Black Dynamite are involved. Are going to be working on it with them, yeah. Certain, certain, certain folks are involved, but I still have mixed feelings about this though. But it's but you know, especially about Norman there in general, but why, why. Uh, I mean, you know, considering his track record with what he tried to do in the 70s and what he ended up doing mm-hmm. um you know there, there, there there's a dark side to that whole history that he had with with black actors and everything but um but uh yeah I mean but still it's interesting that he's bringing this back as an animated as an animated property
1: L, what's up man?
3: Just going back to the white privilege narrative man uh I think we might have discussed it briefly how Steve Nash was able to get the head coach's position at the New Jersey or the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. He is now the head coach. He signed a four year contract with the Brooklyn Nets to become the head coach. Um, there was a ton of backlash, a ton of it was. concern and issues because. Steve Nash has never <sighs> coached in any capacity anywhere. Uh but many people are saying that he since he has some sort of relationship with KD and KD had to sign off, yada yada yada. But that's not my issue. Uh I think that's bullshit, but I think bigger than that is uh, well Steve Nash came out and he attempted to address White he privilege. Mm-hmm. He came yeah. out and said, literally, yeah, uh, there are times where I've benefited from white privilege. But none of the reporters asked them okay, Did you benefit from it right now to get this job in Brooklyn? Did you think that he, did you think any, any, knowing that you benefited from white privilege? If you're supposed to be some sort of ally as you stated, is it your responsibility to say no. no. Somebody exposes your white privilege. See all Shouldn't this half-stepping. turned oh, that job down, knowing oh, that the white privilege got you the job. Oh, this Get half the stepping. fuck out of here,
2: Steve. Oh. All <laughs> oh, this <laughs> fucking half-stepping, man. All this half-stepping, man. Boy, uh, dude. This. I can't stand it. Hey, well, what's up
1: for me this week, man, is uh, former WNBA superstar Maya oh, yeah. Moore. Shut up. Leave Maya
3: alone. Oh. Listen. Oh, she boy.
1: put. I, listen, oh, I thought boy. it was an interesting story. This woman put her career on hold to fight for injustice and to free incarcer- wrongly incarcerated people. And she fought for the past, I think, four or five years now to free a young man by the name of Jonathan I- Irons. She Jonathan was fighting for a Irons... High school sweetheart. Jonathan Irons was... <laughs> That's why I can't. I can't stand you. Jonathan Irons was released from prison earlier this year after a judge said that yeah, the prosecutors hid evidence during the trial that would have freed him in the first place. He spent 30 years in jail, no, 20 years in jail out of a 50 year bid that he was. Ooh, that's a long ass honeymoon. Damn, long as as goddamn time. Oh damn. He's, he got out of jail Damn. now. He, he's 40 years old. I wonder but, Maya's smiling like that these days. So my, so now, <laughs> my, my, Bottom line is Maya Moore and Jonathan Irons are getting... They just got married. She's and I pregnant. thought that, that was...
2: She's pregnant right now. Congratulations. I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. But <laughs> I just thought that now. it was interesting that she like you know, there's a lot of there was a lot of Found love. there love. a lot of people oh, talking, said of people said people she, talking. Said she 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 left she left the real world and had to find her man incarcerated in jail. What does that say for the rest of the niggas in the street?
2: Man, there's a whole show about it. I was gonna say hold yeah. up. Have you me? watched, have you watched yeah. us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about love. I have to lock up. Folks. Nigga, I hate you so <laughs> goddamn much. Bro, listen, but, uh, but Oz I don't know like, I can hate anybody Oz more than you too. right
1: now, man. Oz works <laughs> Listen, man. I watched Oz. That was my shit. Uh, Oz, uh, Oz was very traumatizing. <laughs> Oz scared me straight, my guy. I <laughs> <laughs> scared me straight. I didn't want to do nothing illegal after watching Oz, my guy. Man,
3: the key word being straight. <laughs> Shout sweet. out to Kamaya Moore, man. For real. Shout out to Kamaya Yeah, no joke. Good.
1: Man, no I, joke. I,
3: I wish them nothing but success in their marriage.
1: And I, from what yeah, I've personally. heard, even though this, even though she helped to get this man out of prison, this is not going to stop her efforts to have other wrongfully incarcerated people released from jail as well. So she's yeah. still pushing it forward and trying to do the right thing. So nice. My nice. nice.
3: WNBA next year. Don't worry about
1: it. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. From what I was reading, it seemed like she was pretty much inclined to say her career was done. She's is whatever. She's going to be a social justice warrior from here on out. Hmm. Is wow. She
3: playing or she gonna be pregnant? One of the two. One of the two things is gonna be happening.
1: Goddamn damn it. <laughs> El, Where can these people find you if they want to find your monkey ass, man? God damn it! Man, it
3: says it right there. Add eligibility. I mean, damn. Oh, shit,
1: y'all can re-catch. <laughs> this is mean ass. Oh as well. my god. See, this is this
2: is the reason why we still get hate mail. For <sighs> we need
1: to make something no. up. Oh my Crush, god. Crush, where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Please,
2: everyone, check out my uh, my my interview with my fam uh, from this past Wednesday on my Instagram account at SP methods had a, oh, yes. you know, uh, had a great time. Yes, you know, uh had a great time recounting my whole history. Um, you know, behind the boards. Um, yeah, I'll let me. no doubt.
1: And I'm big old Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram and all that other stuff at MR underscore in the black. And I want to thank all you guys. Guy. <laughs> 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 all that Man. other stuff. Boy, you going to put your shit out there and stop playing. You
3: only
1: two places, two places, that two places that you know of, sir. I'm, the baby oil is sitting right there from when this camera goes on because we going to do man. it's a whole nother show. Put you, hey, put your only things <laughs> out there, bro. Listen, I know, bro. I know, bro, man. There, bro. times, I, got, hard, I, bro. Got, I know, you got, I know, you got a bag of bonnets back there auntie that's where all the oil all the baby oil is going to anyway i'm mr in the black mr underscore at in the black uh i want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the in the black podcast okay, okay. we really appreciate it you could have been anywhere else in the world but you chose to be with us and we really appreciate it if you want to get your comments and emails shared on the show of course hit us up at in the black podcast at and follow us across social media at in the black pdcst on facebook twitter and instagram And as always, informed, intelligent, in the
2: black. In the black. Peace. Peace. This is this is the In the Black podcast.
0: In the black, bro. And it's now one of the best podcasts I ever heard though. I do like y'all. What? what up? Brethren, I'm black. <laughs> i Listen. In the black podcast, And y'all lied. It's <laughs> all facts. You don't like that. the fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast. If you ain't raw, then oh, y'all whack. Informed intelligent elements. So it's relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast. The truth, like the testament. Don't know, no, black up Hebrew, I'm a specialist. So, no what <laughs> the podcast brought, just best this Like said, they might cheat, who don't so effortless. I listen, then I learn, when they listen, then My benefit. Reporting current events, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite a scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, ease of the facts. Bringing them to your residence. In your house, And like your tenement. Listening they intelligence. Body filled with melody, power. That's what so we're setting right in the stars, bringing some light back to the yes. yeah. In the black podcast, your <laughs> lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, they punk down, who watch block, up here, chat with you, In the black podcast, lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, before fuck <laughs> back. back. In the black podcast, we all lost. We all lost. We all lost. We like that, though. <laughs> Come on, so yeah. this is the black What up,
2: DJ? Boy, I'm out. this yeah. this is.